Yeah, I don't have that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Um, I've been busy. I'm sorry about that. But Joe's Compendium is back. November 15th. And uh, this is technically season two of the podcast. Because, you know, each season's a year long. Haha, technically. Haha, even though I didn't start it Te- at January. Technically, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Who cares? We're, we're pulling a Ford Mustang here. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's season two. Anyways, uh, this time of the year, um, new, new stuff is already starting to pop up. But um, into the anime season. Just it's pretty much up. I think everything has like a week or so left, if at most, for things that are like finishing up. But um, everything's pretty much done. And uh, this is fall 2019. Yes, it is. Just date that. Uh, winter 2020 is starting this week and next week. So yep. With that being said. We changed a few things here and there, but um, yeah, I hope you guys like this, and we're going to start it off with best opening. Now, with the opening, it doesn't require, it's not just the music, just the overall design, and like it, what the, it, what they're trying to do with the opening, because there's a lot that goes into an opening more than just the music. Yeah, this is, um, we can have visuals be the main thing here. You can have music be the main thing here. Really, it's just personal preference or whatever floats your boat at that time. But um, we're we've made our choices. Um, so Shin, go ahead. All right, yeah. So for me, right, you know. All right, so I had to choose between a couple. Um, I actually liked a lot of openings this season. Um, oh, yeah, I chose three. That I couldn't decide between. The first one being Radiant Season 2's opening. And there's a whole big issue about Radiant that I have. That (laughs) I'm still kind of peeved about. So for anybody who doesn't know Radiant. This is the second season of the anime. And the first season of the anime. When it first came out. I was all about it. Because I was reading the manga at the time. It's a French manga by the way. It's written by a French author. Um, And... I was hyped for it, but it was as I was watching it, and then I started rereading the manga again. I realized it was um, they took some liberties, and when I say liberties, there were some things in there that should not have been in there at all. And like, it was like when I say liberties, I'm talking for anybody who's watched it, the original Full Metal Alchemist, the last few seasons of stuff that's that's how bad it was that's how bad it got so yeah, you've talked a lot about it as you've been watching this season it's just like what they did the first time they just fucked it up it went terrible it was bad i hate it it's disgusting yeah yeah you were really this, about that this season it's like they it's like they listened to me and i watched every episode up to date and there have been little to no differences to the manga. And because of that, it's amazing. Like, it's as good as it should have been from the get-go. Like, the story is great. The story was always great. The character designs are great. Like, it was, it was a lot. And then the opening, the thing, reason why I chose the opening for Radiant was because they had slight differences every episode. And, every, and it was tied into the actual story. Like every, like every episode, there'd be like a character that would show up on one of the penalties that would play that would uh, float by the screen, 
but you would wonder why that's the case or whatever, like all these different characters that are on these pedals. But then you also realize that the pedals are actually something that gets later on explained because it's from one of the trees in the forest, which, you know, I'll digress from there because I don't want to spoil it too much. But it was a very well-designed opening that showed a lot of what the character development for the main character was going to be this season. And the character development for the main character also spurred out a lot of character development for the rest of the cast as well. So it was really good. Uh, the other two that I chose was Nolan Petta. Nolan Petta because it encompassed it, it pretty much showed you everything that was happening. In you just like the song. <laughs> no, no. All right. Listen, I like the song. You just like the song because the song is a fucking bop. The song is great. But the opening was just like a chaotic mess, and that's essentially what the show it's is. A, it's a mini, it's a, it's a mini show. show that's just a, a pure comedy mess. And then the last one I chose was Shokugeki no Soma, and this one was over the top, but it was perfectly envisioned what happened in the series. Like you watch the opening, you understood what was most likely going to happen, but it was a fucking ride, and you enjoyed it, and like. It, it, it was a very well done opening. It was like, it was essentially you take it like, how do we explain what's going to happen in this season and on that scale without absolutely 100% spoiling it, but yet at the same time pretty much spoiling it? I got you. That's that's what Shokugeki no Soma does. Yeah, I finally caught up to that. Uh, literally started watching Food Wars like a week or two before the season started. And I caught up to it when uh, episode two dropped. So I yeah. I watched a lot of Food Wars back to back, and it was fun. Yeah, it, it's good. it's one of those series is like you you it's it's a wild ride, and it's a lot of fun, and it's really carried by the main character. But I digress. What were your two choices for the best opening? Um, so I did end up settling on one, but um. These are mostly some honorable mentions. Um, Cubism by uh, Huya for Psychopath Season 3. Uh, not a typical genre that I listen to, but it was still just a very fun song with some striking visuals as, you know, Psychopaths should have. Yes, it should. Um, Motor City by Kenichi Asai for uh, No Gun's Life. Again, not typical genre, but, you know... This was a song that I very much have hit uh, play on in my playlist more times than a lot of other songs. <laughs> and like I'm, I, and the visuals are fun too. I'm sorry, I'm saying it's fun and it is, but you know, quite frankly, after only having one real standout show this year in Demon Slayer, we just need some fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and plus with with me catching up to it, um, a lot of the vibes that I get from No Guns Life are the same vibes that you would get from Blood Blockade Battlefront. And anybody who knows what that anime is, if I was doing my podcast during the time that that was airing, that would most likely have won Anime of the Year for me, because that was a phenomenal show <laughs> from start to finish. Um, another one that was uh, a a really good song, as much as I don't want to admit it was uh pa 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 for her uh, i think it was what uh yep. this, I, I forget the artist's name but um it was a song that i did not 
ever intend to listen to fully, but I always just kept the OP playing, and I just let it play through, and I'd always find that I'm tapping my foot to it and bobbing my head. Did not intend that, but it made me do it regardless, so I have to give it a nod. It's a fun song. Uh, yeah, it fit the show very well. Ended up settling on Sangen Shoku for uh, Dr. Stone by Pelican Fan Club. That's a solid choice. I, I, I'll i give that to you. That was it's a good choice. probably not the best out of them if we're talking about a visuals and storytelling yeah. perspective. But, you know, considering that I played it a whole bunch of times as I was driving up to New York for Thanksgiving... I think that says something. Yeah. No, it's it's that's a very solid choice. Now, so now that we've got the OPs out of the way, we can actually introduce ourselves, get this story rolling. <laughs> All right. So, yes, as we know, I'm the leader of this podcast, uh, Joe. And uh, again, I have Valk with me. He's the one doing good. a lot of, you, you know, <laughs> he's just here. I'm the smart ass. Yeah, he, he's just here. So, um, you, you guys already know this. This is how it goes. Uh, best soundtrack. I actually could not put my finger down on the soundtrack as much as I wanted to. And like, I, it was hard. It was really hard because this season we actually had a bunch of really good stuff, and I found myself paying more attention to the shows themselves and the soundtrack because I was too focused on plot to really notice the minor details. Exactly. And that was, that was very rough. Like if I had to, if I had to choose something, I think this is probably the only category that hero Academy may have taken. But even then I felt that radiant, I know not radiant, uh, fire force had a stronger music selection. Um, hero Aka had very good stuff. Um, Fire Force had stuff that stood out more, but not as many of them were the same quality. It was like they kind of average out to the same. Exactly. Um, and that was the problem. There was nothing that really, like, I couldn't find, I couldn't put my finger down, but I believe you did. Yeah, the only, okay, so I I hate how much I'm going to be mentioning Oak Gun's Life, aka Gun Dad. Um during this, but I I just ended up pulling the trigger <laughs> pun intended on No Guns Life uh, getting this, this soundtrack thing, because they got moody blues jazz, and I like jazz I like blues it, it kind of is just like okay, I remember that we're gonna do that, let's yeah, go no, it's, it's a good choice, because like, like I said, again, bring it back up those Blood Blockade Battlefront vibes. And the vibes that Blood Blockade Battlefront will give you are the same vibes you get from something like Cowboy Bebop and Trigun and uh, Outlaw Star, that kind of, like, mellow vibe. It's really... It's a vibe that, if done right, is phenomenal. But if you don't do it right, I don't think I'd ever remember the show in my life. It's that. It's one of those. Now... Moving on. Best ending. Now, I'm going to let you go first, Val, because you, you you haven't told me what yours was. So, um, 
I can't believe I'm giving this show anything good. Oh, I really can't. Um, I hate that I'm complimenting this show, but unfortunately, this show has a history of getting some really good artists to do their music. Um, best ED for me goes to Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of Underworld. Uh, and uh... I am not happy saying that, <laughs> but let me explain. <laughs> Please. The ending is done by Lisa. Yeah, that would that would do it. It's and, um... Unlasting by Lisa. It it's such a good song. It is slow. It's much softer and more gentle than her usual stuff but because this is lisa and she is a phenomenal singer with a strong voice it doesn't feel any less awesome than something like goran yeah and to further on that point because i completely understand his sentiments if there's one thing that the anime studio does with uh sword art online it's visuals i will they, give them they've the, got their visuals strong character good. design their lines are clean. I mean, they did pretty much invent the modern anime aesthetic, even though I feel like they've kind of lost that with Alicization. It, but, eh, you know, styles change. You gotta update it. Otherwise, it will and, look old. And, and to be fair, I'd argue that uh, Unlimited Blade Works actually cemented the uh, style. UBW definitely took what SAO gave us and made it better. Made it, yeah. In every conceivable way. But, um, yeah. No, Watch that, that is... recently, too, so you can't hate me for not watching Fate anymore, people. Get your pitchforks away. <laughs> so... I watched it since last show. So... I ended up going with uh, Fire Force here. And originally, I don't think I was. But as I was watching Fire Force this season, the more I watched, the more the ending grew on me. Kind of like the same thing with... Uh, that happened with Vale. Yeah. For the last core as well. Because I would not have picked Vale at the beginning, but I ended up picking it at the end. Yeah, no, like, th- this ending it grows was, on you. It grows uh, on you, and it's very... This one didn't grow on me. It grew on me, and it was, like, a very nice mellow out to how fast-paced the beginning was. And they built their episodes like that. They're very fast at the beginning for the most part, and towards the end, it kind of led into the ending, which was also, like, really good animation design. So, I liked that. That was very nice. Uh, here we go. Next Anime one. Studios, if you really want us to have to struggle, get Air Aoi or Lisa to do your opening, but just make it be a really terrible show, and we will hate that we have to give it to them <laughs> or myth and roid because myth and roid they are phenomenal at music i loved every opening and ending they did for uh Overlord. but moving on endings though that was pretty that was pretty straightforward honestly it's not that difficult best continuing so something that was continuing from last season to this season well kind of thing. Don't exactly have a big pool. We had a lot drop off. Yes, we do. We have a lot dropping off this season, too. Yeah. Uh, For me, um, I couldn't make a decision initially, but um, 
I think I ended up going with Radiant here because of just not because of season one making me look forward to season two, but season two being that much of a of a redemption and being that good. And Shin, Shin likes it when his anime pulls a uh, shonen battle trope. Look, if if an anime pulls a shonen battle trope and makes it better, like it's oh my god, it was ridiculous. Like this show opening, ending, and everything in between was so much better than season one. I cannot explain to you. Like it's like it's like when you get a bowl of mac and cheese, and then Thanksgiving comes. And then you get that bowl of homemade baked mac and cheese. The difference is so astronomical. It's laughable. (laughs) (laughs) It's laughable. Like, you you just kind of have to accept it and you ride with it and you love it. Because that's what happened with Radiant. And I cannot stress enough. Stay away from season one. Read the manga. Just go straight to season two. Read the manga, then go into season two. Because season one was just, I could not. I could not do it. It was one of the only anime last season that I regretted starting, despite <laughs> how much I liked the, the core series. Close second, though, came to Fire Force for me. And for uh, you? Fire no? Force kind of dropped off for me, if I'm being honest. Like, the initial go of it was great, but it I started to like it less this season. Um, it's still fun, but, you know... I, I don't know why. Just kind of tapered off for me. Um, I picked Dr. Stone. Because science. The it, thing, yeah, so yeah. Dr. Stone, honestly. I am definitely. a sucker for well-researched stuff. And Dr. Stone is um, infotainment done right. I mean, this... This show is honestly at its worst when it's trying to be a shonen bottle manga, but um, when it's not and it's actually just focusing on the science like it's always intended to, it is fantastic. And we've got season two coming. Yes, please. Um, it's going to be nice. It's going to be good. We're going to get more of the mad leak haired boy. It's gonna be real good. Like okay. anybody who reads the manga, they're ready. They're so ready. Oh, Let's oh get man. this telephone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So best new series. I mold on this for a minute. It was huh. very difficult. In the sense of like, was there anything else that stood out that much? And and the answer is no. It was like, for a moment, I was considering Ascendance of Bookworm, and I was considering uh, the new Fate anime, but then I was like, no. No, as in no gun's life. Can you really (laughs) go up against Gun Dad? I mean, come on. This show is like Madhouse flexing its muscle and showing, hey, we can still make good stuff. We can actually give you fun stuff. But not No Game, No Life Season 2, despite the fact that we're going to give Gun Dad Season 2 in Spring 2020. Look, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not okay! <laughs> Everybody is just as hurt as you. How do you think I feel as a fan of Panning and Stalking, and I still have yet to see Season 2? Yeah. Yeah. That hurts. That hurts a lot. 
But uh, no gun, no guns. Life is um the story behind this one for me. Came across it by accident about an, approximately a year ago, and I don't know why I decided to read it. I think I stopped to check it out because the piece art that I saw was the main character and his head's a gun. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. And I'm pretty sure I actually ended up telling you about this manga. Did I not know? Long before the anime got announced? You might have, but... It, it was a while ago, so I, I understand it, if you... It's been a it. very long time, and you completely forgot that it existed until I mentioned that I was watching it on Funimation. Yeah, no, like, it was ridiculous. Like, I remember reading a couple chapters, and I was like, this is kind of cool. I like this. I will get back to this. It was that situation where I was reading it, but I was reading it when I was trying to read something else, and I didn't want to forget the other thing that I wanted to read, so I went to that instead. And then, as a manga reader, that happens a lot, and then you lose track of where you were in a lot of things. So, that happened to me, and then... Fast forward to this year and seeing that that got an anime, and then I was like, wait a second, I remember that. I didn't read enough of that to make a confirmation, but I was like, that, wow. Like, I, so, anybody who knows, I I usually tend to call out when things are getting anime, and I have a 100% God, success you, rate. Why are you so good at it? You've been getting everything right this year. Like, I have it's not, not funny. missed. I have not missed, and it's been so ridiculous. There was actually something that got announced to get an anime earlier this year that I was expecting to get an anime later this year. That's how that's how hard I've been hitting. So I was surprised when I saw this, and I was like, maybe I should have kept reading it. I probably would have said something, but like, it, it's a very solid show. It's it's just great. fun. It's a we great need, animation. It's it fun. The the best fun about it is the fact that it immediately showed you that it could be lighthearted and serious at the same time within the first five minutes. The animation change with uh, Juzu, the the expression changes, and the way that his character is designed, I like it. The guy's like, what, like, at least in his 50s, 60s, something like that. I mean, we don't know what he's supposed to be. He's probably at least in his late 40s. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter, considering that he's pretty much entirely cybernetic. Yeah. Um, I do have some issues because the his barrel doesn't actually line up with his cylinder, but, you know, it's pretty clear that you don't actually need to put cartridges in the cylinder to fire it. Um, but, you know, that that's just a, the detail guy talking it. Yeah. It's still a fantastic looking show. It's it's just fun. Yes. It's just plain fun. I don't like being like that and just saying the one word, but we got a list to get through. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a fun series. There's a lot to it. Anybody who hasn't watched it, I definitely recommend it. So now we're going into the best, the best boys and best girls and all that fun stuff. Starting with best girl. And get your pitchforks ready. I actually couldn't really choose. Um, I had another three-way tie with this one, actually. I'd say pick one. Don't have a harem. You know, like, it was close, but I couldn't choose Tuli, even though I really liked her character, the dynamic between her and their sister, mine. And it's like, she was the first one that came to mind, but I was like, no, these other two are just, just playing better. Yes, sweet little girl. I 
I have to go with Pansy. And oh, going the Uraski route, huh? It, it was rough because like Sounds I, I, I was it was between Pansy and El Choco from uh, Radiant because they're both completely different styles of female characters, but they're both so good and enjoyable to watch. Pansy like, I, is a complicated thing for me. On one hand, she's a fantastic character with the way that she interacts with the rest of the cast. On the other hand, she's a fucking stalker. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that that she she has some pretty bad stalker tendencies, and that's how her character is built up. But it's like it was either between Pansy or Ochoco, and Ochoco, oh, she is such a character. Like I, I can't rave about how good she is because she's a very phenomenal character from mentality to execution of her beliefs to all of the other things, and like Pan- Pansy. Just very ever so slightly, very ever so slightly, and it's because of that smugness, that little bit of smugness she has. It's <laughs> just enough to put it over. But I, th- those were my choices, essentially between Pansy and Ochoco, but like, it was tough. And for Valk. Um, I went with uh, Amity from Welcome to Demon School, Yermakun. Um, this is starting to show off a bit of a trend, I feel, with Maki from Fire Force. Having women who can be, you know, completely serious one moment, but then just absolutely, you know, the switch flips and it's like, oh my god, shoujo manga. Yup. Yup. Yep. I, I don't know why, I just find that cute. is actually really, she's a really fun character too, I will say, like... I wasn't she sure goes, how she goes. He's a fucking human. To wait, you can read the manga. Yep. Please do. Please, please. Like it was, Go it was surprising. Completely like, my way. And the thing that really puts it over for her, I think, and I think this is one of the main reasons why you ended up choosing her, although you might not say, is they chose the perfect demon girl to make into a Mary, being a kitsune. <laughs> it fits. I mean, Absurdly I, I so. Yes, yeah, she is. She's a fox demon after all, but eh. it fits absurdly so because a lot of fox demons do tend to do stuff like this a lot. They tend to be on the cuter side, but being very serious at the same time. Well, foxes are, you know, very important in Japanese culture. So yes, they are. All right, so moving on. Best boy. Now, this is is where the scripts are flipped, right? (laughs) I chose Asmodeus from Welcome to the School. great. Yo, he... I love his character. He was a runner-up for me. He he is such a character because, like, he starts off, he's cocky, he's smug, he's blah, this and that. Then he loses to the main character, and he's, like, he's still cocky and smug, but he's all about, like, you know what? This dude beat me. Yeah, and like he's and like it's not like overbearing. He's just he's having he's enjoying himself. He's you can very much tell that he's genuinely just being the best bro while still putting on the polite facade to maintain public appearances. Exactly. He desperate. He really does seem like someone who, if you told him, "Hey, dude, look." 
no one's around, just drop the honorifics. He absolutely would, but he's just got in this mind that I have to be the best bro. I have to always show respect to the bro. And he's, 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 he's he great. is he, he's a great boy. He's a great bro. Like he's a great <laughs> He in in terms of great bro, he's in the same class as the best bro from or um was it um my love story and i can't remember that character's name at the moment but anybody who knows the anime my love story the main character's best friend suna i think it was i think it was suna he's the definition of what a bro is is and asmo asmodeus is the same thing and i'm looking at our list and Val, go ahead and tell us what your best boy is who your best boy is? Inui Chuzo, No Guns Life, Gun Dad himself. I understand why, but please do explain. Because he's the best dad in all of anime. <laughs> <laughs> so, the whole premise of the story and the whole and the whole show. He's like Maze Hughes level of dad, except tough love instead. Yep, and he's. The best thing is that his voice fits well too. Like oh my his God, voice he's got doesn't. Such a fantastic voice actor. He's got such a fantastic voice actor, and like that can usually make or break characters like this. Kind of like how um when I first, for anybody who ever got the Dragon Ball Z syndrome, and when they were exposed to Goku in English first, and then they heard the Japanese Goku, and then they were just genuinely just like, they didn't know how to react. <laughs> If you want to know just how much a voice actor can make or break a character, I, I think it's fair to say that everyone has watched Full Metal Alchemist with the English dub. Yep. Because the English dub is objectively better on all accounts. But I watched it English dub first. And, of course, everyone loves Maze Hughes. The Japanese voice actor for Maze Hughes makes you want him to get killed. That's... He's just got an annoying fucking voice, and you just want it to end, and let's just say that he would not hit the same when he gets shot in the phone booth. That's true. That is a very good point. I will say that. Alright, next. This is one of the new categories. Best character dynamic. And um, we, we actually... We agreed. <laughs> we agreed. This is, I think this is actually the, um, one of the only few that we agreed on. I think we agreed on like three things. And we don't tend to agree on much. Yeah. For these. But um, Pansy and Juro from Orisuki, they, that dynamic is very nice. It's a very refreshing dynamic when it comes to these kind of uh, it's series. Like, it's like you can go from ridiculously wholesome in it to... Oi, the fuck you doing, asshole? Yeah, and like... And I know that sounds very, you know, harsh and bipolar, but... That's what it was. It, that That's part of the show. It's Part of it, its comedy is that these are all terrible people. Yes. They're all is... manipulative assholes, but... When you bring them together and make them interact, it's a sight to behold. And 
as someone who will absolutely say that rom-coms are some of my favorite things to watch because, you know, they can genuinely be some of the funniest things out there if they don't, you know, mess up, run down the character trope line. She's the Sundere. She's the Himadere. She's the Dere Dere. She's the Kudere. And just have that be their personality. It's bad, but you know, this show doesn't do that, and our main two characters are they, just fucking amazing together. They bounce off of each other very well, and they bounce off of each other very well because she forces him to act like himself as opposed to the other way around. And she knows what she's doing. Like, my forever, the whole reason I ended up deciding to stick with this show in the in the initial phases was because she brought a bench she brought the to the bench. school. Like, I, when I say this, I mean, like, this is when you find out she's a stalker. But, like, the main character gets sat down at a bench twice over the weekend by two different girls when he thought he was about to get asked out, but then he was being asked to help them hook his best friend up with said girl. And then this girl comes in and she's just like, hey, we need to have a talk. And he's like, okay. And then she says, this got delivered faster than I thought. And there's a bench. The kind of and bench you would find in a park. version of the Imperial March play. Like, it was phenomenal. <laughs> like, it was phenomenal. Like, Boy, I've got PTSD from that. What the fuck's that bench doing here? Why is that bench in the library? What the hell's going on? It's like, why? when did they start supplying these bitches to libraries? You never know. But... That is what cemented me, and that's why I like the dynamic between those two characters. Now, personal favorites. I'm gonna let you go first. Um, so uh, we had the show about recreators and how Amazon single-handedly killed that show's audience in the West. Yeah. Um, well, this show is probably in a similar situation. Uh, except now Amazon Prime Video just has the paywall for Amazon Prime. Um, Babylon. Uh, it is the Law and Order anime. Literally, it's all about legal stuff and you know bringing some really bad people to justice. But it brought the thriller genre in strong. I mean, yeah, no, I. I it's just a really, really, really well written show. Um, they didn't do much research on the president of the United States and how the president of the United States can't go anywhere without a literal swarm of Secret Service guys, as the latest episode that is available to watch has shown. But um, the. Despite that, you know, it's an excellent show, despite Amazon Prime Video being one of, if not the worst ways to watch anime. You know, I have heard inklings of Babylon from a lot of um, sites. Some people who run sites that go out of their way to watch every single anime that play every season, they have spoken high praises for this show. That um that, that you're talking like, about, Val. Like I, I was actually surprised. Give you some context for how much I was looking forward to this thing. 
I don't really tend to look at my anime list. I kind of browse through it. Yeah. But when I did, you know, before the season started, I took one look at Babylon. I'm like, I've got to watch this. I absolutely have to. And, you know, it took me a while to figure out that it was on Amazon Prime, as was Psychopaths Season 3. So, great job, Amazon. You killed the reboot. <laughs> very good reboot, and I highly recommend it. Go watch it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I had to find Babylon, and it was excellent, despite the fact that they decided, hey, maybe we'll go on a three-week hiatus <sighs> in the middle of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Things happen. We don't, we don't always know the exact details. But hey, happen, but you know. Excellent show. Gundad may be, you know, the big one, but go watch Babylon if you're into Law and Order type stuff. If you're into thrillers. It, it's very good. So my personal favorite from this season is an anime that I've been waiting for it to get its anime for about five years five plus years i've been saying it time and time again whenever i get a chance to talk about this manga i'm like this deserves an anime it's got more than enough content and it is called a hero no sora now this is a sports anime a basketball anime but this is also a basketball anime that is not in the same way as more about the action and the sport itself like Kuroko's no basket where like nothing happens outside of basketball really but this is more of like a slam dunk where it's like it's more than just basketball it's basketball it's the connection to the people you're watching these characters all like kind of grow up like they're all like first and second years and you're watching them grow up into a fine group of basketball players and it's awesome so if anybody who likes sports manga, anybody who likes sports anime, who loves Slam Dunk, who loves Kirk Over Basket, I highly recommend it. It's really worth the watch. And it's only going to get better from here. I I, uh, I can't talk about that one enough. But we will be moving on to best character design. And did, Were you able to choose one for this one? Not really, like... Only reason that I didn't give it to No Gun's Life is because I feel like I've put that down more than enough on this list. And that kind of just wins by default. Because um, Ascendance of a Bookworm, it took me a while to just get used to the way it looked. Because I'm going to be honest, as well written as it is, it's not exactly what you'd call a pretty anime. Like, the no. backgrounds are pretty, but the character designs are kind of ugly, if I'm being honest. Yeah, some of the character designs are kind of bland. Mm, it's not so much bland, it's just the way their faces are shaped doesn't look great. But then again, you know, the main characters are kids, so... This is true. Alright, so for me, I think I actually gave this one the most categories looking over the list, but uh, character design went to Radiant Season 2. 
And I chose Radiant because it has some of the most diverse and strikingly visual characters of any anime that's playing right now. Like, and it's not like they just strike, they're like strikingly obvious, like kind of like how the whole main cast of Hero Academy is. No, no, no. Each character is very visually different, but they also have a very strong impact. And it's natural. Feels very natural for all of it because of the whole world setting and everything else. Completely natural and like just a character. Trigger. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's a very well designed series. Like, there's very few faults that I have with Radiant in general as a whole, besides season one of the anime. Like that's that's it. Like that's literally it. <laughs> Let's forget that season one exists. We forget season one exists, and this is probably anime of the year for me. Oh, what's going on with your audio there? Uh, the mic fell, so, you know. Yeah. Well, that explained why you sound like you're using three different presets. Anyways, best art direction. Oh, boy, here we go again. It's just a go-to's. Radiant for him, no guns left for me. Wow. Uh, art direction was actually very difficult for me. I ended up falling back on Radiant. Um, I was... It was a bit of a fallback for me, too. I was actually considering um either Sword Art or... um What was the I... other one? The new Fate series? um The new the Babylon? I was considering those, but like something about the art for Babylon just does not hit me ba- the same the, way the other the ones do. The thing with Babylon is it's literally just modern-day city. Like... That's what it is. It's modern day city, modern day offices. There's nothing striking about it. There's. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I'm sorry. You misunderstood me. Not Babylon. I'm talking about fate. Oh, order. that, that fate. Babylon. Yeah. That Babylon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot there's technically two Babylons this season. But yeah, I was. I was watching yeah, I, a bit of it and I was like. I've only watched GBW, so. Yeah. Like, I was watching a bit of it, and it's like, the art is great, like it normally is, but just something about it didn't feel like a good art direction. Like, it didn't feel as good as what Bones did with Unlimited Blade works, or anything like that. And that's what deterred me from giving it to them. So I ended up falling back to Radiant, because Radiant has... This season actually is the best one when it comes to visuals, because... The for the forest where you find out a lot about what Radiant is and who the like about the main character and everything is very beautiful. And when I say beautiful, I mean like there's just phantoms of past animals and magical beasts that are walking around this forest, and you're just like, oh, this looks really cool. And despite all of this, this is like. He's just, it's not real, it's its just different points in time, which I don't want to get into because explaining everything about the Force and Radiant Season 2 would take a while. But um, that's the, that ended up being the reason why I ended up going with uh, that for Art Direction. And no guns, no life. Uh-huh. <laughs> no guns, no life. If only... He it's pretty it's pretty obvious why Valk chose that. I agree. It's it, it was a bit of a fallback for me. Um, 
this would have gone to Dr. Stone if I hadn't given this category to Dr. Stone last season. Um, but, uh, because I'm not, I really like my natural outdoorsy background. But, um, you know. Something about that uh, No Guns no Life guns aesthetic. Like the way that they design the city to look, you really get the feeling that this is a lived-in universe like with Star Wars. You get the feeling that the Kusei pit is just a filthy fucking hovel that you would not want to live in. Yep. Um, you, They really sell it to you. And that's they really, really sell that this is a miserable place to live, but, you know, you that... don't exactly have much of a choice. Exactly. Now, best animation. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Go ahead, Val. Go ahead. You first. Um, Psychopath Season 3. Um, the, the, thing, the thing I've noticed with a lot of anime is they don't tend to do the minor details that people do when they talk or have an interaction. They tend to exaggerate things, you know, they have the character grind their teeth together and they focus on their face rather than, you know, having them internally shift over what they've been told and just kind of like slightly twitch their fingers. This does that because Psychopaths isn't, you know, your typical, oh, we've got a katana and this guy's got a spear. Let's have them fight and get all that Sasuga animation in there. This is much more, you know, these are normal people with normal abilities for the most part. Um, they're Given the world limited by human bodies. But when we do get into fist fights, you know, you feel the punches. They have a lot of weight, and I can, I always bring it up when I'm talking about fight animation. But a fist fight is essentially the most distilled version of a fight that needs to have weight behind it. Yes, like, I agree. You need to feel like when someone swings their fist that they're putting their entire body into it, all the way. From their legs up through their chest and down their arm. You know. And this show nails that. It gets the tiny little twitches of the hand that I was mentioning before. The little tiny movements of the eye when someone's lying. It's an exceptionally well done show that rather than focusing on the big picture stuff. Focuses more on the small details with its animation. And I'm a detail guy so. When I see that sort of stuff, I have to give it some credit. For me, and I'm pretty sure Valk's probably not happy with this choice, I chose Nolan Petta. And I chose... Fun show, man. I chose Nolan Petta because the way that they do their art style is very weird. You know, it's like, it, it's like a almost crayon, not quite crayon but it's like hand-drawn, then a little bit of digital-drawn kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. But they handle... They do a lot of transitions in anime style, and they handle the transitions flawlessly. 
Like they transition from characters to background styles to everything that you see is handled flawlessly. They can go from looking really weird and chalky to looking perfectly animated and like unlimited blade works in a moment. And it's it is an incredibly interesting show to watch. Um if only they would just add a fade to black at the end of each episode rather than just doing a hard yeah. cut and not giving any transition out. Like it, it's literally the episode just ends and yeah. then you're you might be booted back to your queue and Crunchyroll, but it's rough. Like that is one of the things that uh that I could find fun with. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The animation's great. Is really crisp when it when it needs to be. Yeah, and that takes a lot of work, especially with fifteen minute episodes with a lot that they had going on in them. So next is uh, all right, everyone. Favorite. It's your favorite category. Didn't show up last season, but it's here, ladies and gentlemen, sir. It's the dumpster fire, the show that is morally questionable but oddly entertaining. You just can't bring yourself to look away from it. We actually had differing uh, opinions for this one. Um, I'm gonna let Velt go first because mine's funny. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> first up, I'm just gonna say this right now. I could not get into yours because it pissed me off so much that I <laughs> just could not bring myself to finish the third episode. Um, dumpster fire for me. Assassin's Pride. Oh God, it's bad. It's not even Assassin's Pride like the pride of an assassin. No, it is Assassin's plural pride. It's just fucking bad. It is the ultimate fucking trashy thing that you really want to get sloshed for to watch. Probably fucking hilarious that way. But literally the entire thing follows around fucking a guy who should be wearing a fedora because he calls the main character lady every fucking time. Um, he's a he's a half vampire, but everyone's always confused when he uses his vampire powers, despite the fact that his name is Kufa Vampire. <laughs> uh, the whole show is just fucking Pokemon with goddamn Emoto. Like, the the main character is the little sister archetype. But guess what? Her cousin just wants to be the little sister archetype to her. And, you know, uh, the cousin character who wants to be the little sister to the main character, um, well, her mentor um, is also a little sister character to the main character, to fucking uh, Vampire. It, it is... <laughs> fucking bad <laughs> but i could not stop watching it simply because everything about it was bad the animation was fucking terrible the character design was terrible completely impractical um combat was just ugly and character arcs were terrible but oh my god it was fantastic to watch at the same time this show was done by the same people who made Master of Ragnarok last year, which, um, if y'all watch Mother's Basement, made it onto the list of worst anime of 2018. I think it may have been the worst anime of 2018, and, well, it's a strong show in here, too. 
It is. Wow. It's bad. Do not watch it unless you are completely fucking sloshed and have three friends who are also sloshed. So, <laughs> that's, that's pretty accurate. Um, just to further prove his point, I attempted to read the manga for Assassin's Pride on three different occasions, and each different occasion I got to chapter two and then completely did not feel like reading it anymore. Like, it, it was like that. Oh, so, God. seven, the one that I chose, though, was... Uh, Seven high school prodigies have it easy in life, even in another world. Oh my god, the way you butcher titles is something amazing. You know what, I get it close enough so it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) I just call it seven prodigies. In another world. I just call it seven prodigies. Like, that's that's what it is. They're literally just seven prodigies. They're all fucking idiots. This dumpster fire is a dumpster fire that I read and I was just like, <laughs> it's, so, it's so stupid. The whole, the whole premise right from the get go is that these fucking high schoolers, high schoolers are the top of their field. And one of them is the prime minister of Japan, by the way. Yep. You have a prime who minister. has bipartisan support. You know, there's not a single person who dislikes him as prime minister. Fucking impossible. Even in Japan, where people are polite. It's ridiculous. In this 16... What is she, 16 years old? She's the top swordsman in the world? First of all, you can't objectively state that someone is the best swordsman in the world because there are a million different ways to use a sword. Um, Second off, if you have done martial arts for five fucking minutes you know that the scariest person on the field is not the 25 year old who's bristling with muscle it's the 60 year old man in the corner who looks like he's about to keel over yeah and i'm gonna take over for you for there um (sighs) continuing from there you have your swordsman prodigy you have the prodigy who is like Prime Minister, you have your top businessman, you have your top you magician, can't you can't your top that. doctor, and your top inventor. <laughs> you literally cannot... How do you objectively state that someone is the top inventor? Is it number of patents? Is it the effect that those patents have? I mean... I, it's okay. It's okay. We're getting... No, it's not! Listen, listen. So I chose this one because... You also got the top freaking reporter in the world. Like, how... You literally cannot objectively state that these are the best in their field. Because you... Those things just cannot be objectified. And best magician... He doesn't even do magic tricks. He literally breaks fucking physics. All right. Now listen, listen, the reason I decided to choose this one is because, one, the animation was okay. No, it was not! Listen, listen to me, listen Just to me. Just because the blood spatter looks We're good. We're not talking not about that. that I'm not talking about that. I'm talking specifically, well, I, I actually, I shouldn't say animation, I should, I should specifically say the lighting. Because there is a difference, and I found that out not so long ago, that there is a difference for people who work on the lighting in the, uh, for these kind of animations and stuff like that. So that was okay. But the character designs, bland. So bland. The most exciting 
character design is the fucking prime minister guy because they decided to give him heterochromia. No, no, no. I would argue it'd be the little cat girl. That's how bland they are. I remember her. That's how bland they are. <laughs> Did she even show up in the first three episodes? Uh, yes, yeah, she showed up in episode two. Yeah, I, I don't fucking remember. Yeah, so <laughs> that, um... Oh, God, it's so The way that dumb. these characters hold themselves is very weird. Like, and, like, it's just, like, everything about it is just, like, really, like, really? Is like, it, really you just kind of sit there you just... You, you the only reason there? the show didn't get it over Assassin's Pride is I managed to watch more than three episodes of Assassin's Pride, and I could not make it through three of this. The entire thing, the entire time watching this, you just kind of sit there and you're just kind of going, "Really? Is that really how they would react?" Like one of the one of the first things that I noticed too, uh, which I'm pretty sure you probably didn't notice too, and I should be mad about, is that they were using cell phones. Yeah, and they they like not, like I can understand if you're using cell phones and like you actually go to the expense figuring out a reason to explain why they can use them like oh we've built cell towers and we've put them up so that we can actually communicate long distance we've made a way to charge them if you can do that fine like as much as i rag on in another world with my smartphone at least they have some reason he can use his smartphone as dumb as it is but this show they literally just say oh yeah um i made it so that our cell phones work this one. I don't even know if they said that. Like literally, I don't. Th- even that's literally what they did. She's just like, oh yeah, your phones now work long distance, despite the fact that you need a massive fucking cell tower to put out a signal strong enough that would literally fry a phone's battery because it cannot contain enough and it cannot put enough out. Um, and that's all the explanation. They just. This show takes a lot of stuff and just make is like, oh yeah, it works. That that's it's really like all it is. Take... Every fucking thing in this show is the epitome of Mary Sue. It works because she's awesome. It works because he's awesome. It works because it works. The best way to without put any it... explanation for why. The best way to put it is if you take Doctor Stone and then dumb it down. By like 199%. Do not even bring Dr. Stone into the same sentence as this. <laughs> Do not bring it into the same paragraph. <laughs> that is sacrilege to a show as smart as Dr. Stone. But that goes to show exactly why this is the dumpster fire of the season. Uh, so, <laughs> there's, this, there's literally, like, I honestly, the worst part of that show for me was The Magician because I like Penn and Teller. You know, so whenever I see a magic trick, I always try to figure out how it works. This guy who I mentioned literally breaks physics before. uh, There's a scene where soldiers come in and burn down a house with a bunch of people and the magician inside. And it's like one of the villagers is like, oh, no, they're all trapped inside. How are they going to get out? And um, the magician and prime minister is like, oh, don't worry. The magician is used to escaping coffins that are welded shut. I'm just here like, okay, but when you weld a coffin shut, it's not actually shut in a magic trick. There's a false bottom or something that he he can slip. Yeah. He's not actually trapped, and it's all pre-planned. So unless you're telling me that 
this guy pre-planned that soldiers were going to come to this village, burn down this specific house in this specific manner, and he built a fucking trap door that they didn't see that would let him get all the villagers out of that house? Are, do you really expect me to believe that? Because if there actually was a trap door in that house that would let you just walk out if the building started burning down, the villagers wouldn't be worried. Yeah. Like, well, again, again, again. This is why this it's so fine. bad. This is why I chose it. It's like, there, there are certain things that happen later on that I didn't even The fact that watching. you were able to watch this past three episodes is amazing. I read the manga. How? I'm still ahead of How the anime. What up with this shit? Anyways, there are things we do need that to move happen. on. There, there are things that happen in the series that make absolutely no sense, and no. the reason why it's a dumpster is a dumpster fire. A hundred percent should not be wasting my time reading it, but I found myself reading it anyway. And it's like, Honestly, why? I will say I did have hope for this show at one point. The second episode when they ended, it's like we're going to war, and you know. It's the businessman. I'm like, oh, we about to get hit some with some economic stuff. This could be fucking cool. Let's have a trade war. Fuck yes. And then it's resolved within the first seven minutes of the next episode, <laughs> and it looked like it was going to be this whole arc. So that pretty much just sums up the entire show. Yeah. Everything gets shafted. Yeah, uh, and to make it make to to put it in another perspective, the only believable one out of all seven of them is the businessman. He's the only believable one. Doesn't he get the least screen time, too? Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's why he's the most believable. Like, his you seven minutes... don't get minutes, a chance to break it. His seven minutes of figuring out how to do math... Of, of taking, taking out that business? That was, like... That was seven minutes covering, I think, a, a, a week. And it was all technically doable, but it was to an absurd pace. So it's like... The whole thing just feels rushed and yeah. just, it very much feels like the isekai cash grab that we always talk about happening. Yeah, yeah. But enough about dumpster fires. I'm, I'm yes. dumpster fires. Uh, uh, laughs per square minute. Comedy hour. Yeah. This one, there were two standouts. I went one way, he went the other way. I went welcome to Dima School Iruma. He went with Orisuki. I chose Iruma because, and it was not easy. It was not easy by any means. I chose Iruma because of the grandfather. Oh, Sullivan is great. Sullivan is great. He's a Just great the most wholesome, doting grandfather character out there. Like... Innocently causing so much trouble for his grandson that he bought, but is still doting nonetheless, and it is hilarious. I can't tell you how many times I just kind of sat there and I was like, "This is kind of, this is pretty freaking hilarious." I, I like this, and like not to knock off Orisuki because it was second and it was not easy to choose over Orisuki because Orisuki does the comedy in a different way. But, like, Iruma just accepts the way things are. Like, a lot of the character dynamics really push forward that comedy. And I really like the way that they handle the comedy. Now, I'm going to leave Orisuki to Val, because that's what he chose. Orisuki. I'm a sucker for a good rom-com. Um, 
you know, it it's just a fun show. Like it it is nowhere near the level of uh Kaguya-sama Love is War. Um but you know, kind of hard to get to that level when you can clearly tell that everything is very much thought out and Kaguya-sama is very focused on making sure that there is not a harem in there, which most rom-coms don't tend to care about too much. Yeah. Uh, they go with their typical love triangles and love pentagons and sectuple kills. And... Yeah. It, but, you know, the Oreski makes sure that each character is distinct without falling into the standard tropes of tsundere Imedere, all the other dere types you know and they have their things that they want and the way that all the character interactions go together is phenomenal and when uh sun stops being a dick and just starts being the biggest bro um those are fucking camp as hell so, yeah, you ladies who like Yaoi, there's your there's your stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a good rom com. Um, beats out Bokuben for me this season. Um, Bokuben kind of started rough. It it really started in a bad place. Yeah, the way the way that they decided to split the anime was kind of weird. It was a really weird spot, and they cut out some stuff. Yeah, honestly, like the way Bokuben went this season, it feels like they um wanted to do it all in one stretch and make it, you know, a two core run, twenty four episodes back to back to back. But then they realized, oh wait, we aren't quite as far along as we need to be on these episodes. So rather than just shoving them out and having them be terrible and waiting for the Blu-ray release to fix them up, let's just hold off for a season and make it good. Yeah. And they did. And it it's better than, you know, would have been if they'd rushed it. But because of the way the episodes were broken up, it doesn't start in a great place. It, and it felt a little all over the place too. Because they it's like around. right off the bat, you know, we're making seven boob jokes a minute. Yeah. Essentially. But that like, should not be your first episode. No, like but like overall though, like it's still a good show. Um, it's still good. Oreski is better. Yeah, Orisuki the biggest the biggest thing for the comedy that Orisuki did that I think like really like almost took it from Iruma for me was the subtle hints of fourth wall breaking. That subtle? Was you call that subtle? <laughs> you can't I'm even not... joke about that being subtle. Listen. That was a fucking sledgehammer. Listen, they were laced all throughout the series, and they were placed very well. And like every every fourth wall joke hey, was also. Hey, what are you doing? This is only the third episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, was, at the end, he names the uh, singer of the uh, 
OP. And it's just like, you and she betrayed me. Yeah. That, and then, like, he also, he, every time that the, um, the fourth wall is broken, it's either used, used to bring the comedy to the end, bring that little specific comedy part to the end, or it is the punchline. It never starts it. It never starts it. It's always the middle or the end. Which is really cool because that it, it's very good at doing that. It is truly a masterclass in how to break the fourth wall. Um yes. you know, it's not the Deadpool level of fourth wall breaking. Because they don't use it when they really need to drive the plot. Um but you know. It, it's solid. Give it a watch. Give it yeah. a watch. It's definitely worth the watch. Now, I'm pretty sure it's obvious which one we're going to choose for this, but show yeah. of the season. Drum roll. And. No <sighs> Gun's Life. Exactly. Gun Dad takes the trophy for show of the season for fall 2019. Um, pretty obvious why. I mean. We've only mentioned it how many times throughout this? And it's more been him than me, but uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like honestly, like it was the most standout, um, in my opinion. There were some really good shows this season, but nothing like. Yeah, we had a lot of strong stuff this season. A sense of storm, as much as it takes a little bit to get used to the character design, it's a very well written show. It's like Doctor Stone Light, um. We have Babylon. We have Psychopath Three. You know, Jeremiah Nolan Peta, Radiant as Jin's been on about Reski. We had a lot of very, very strong stuff this season. So um, yeah, I have to agree. And like to to no shots to since um, Bookworm. Since the Bookworm almost the best new series for me. But then I ended up going no guns no life no guns life. But like overall, like no guns life was solid. I liked the way that they handle it and hot hot kettle on a fire hot whatever. So yeah. yeah. Uh, we're getting no guns life season two and a sense of a bookworm season two in spring. So um, scheduled. Just uh, give those a little wait see do and. Uh, well, they'll probably get best continuation. <laughs> well, we'll see what gets best continuation next time. Um, but I like this, and I'm happy with the choice. I'm actually really happy with the season in general. I uh, wish I could have watched a little more. I wish I could have watched Babylon, but it is what it is. Um, hey, it, it's still only on like episode eight, so yeah. So there's a lot to watch this season and there's a lot coming up next season too so get ready um i already know what's going to be animated season next year so we'll 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 talk about that look forward to the next couple podcasts i'm going to be doing some pretty special stuff next week i just have to get a confirmation um depending on what things how things go and that is the fall of 2019 the last of 2019 and we will be going into 2020 with some new anime and some new continuations so i hope you guys yes. are ready for that give us konosuba season three come on god damn it and i wish everybody a well happy day 
And this is Joe's Compendium signing off.